right, hey guys, welcome. It's Gary and Lisa Black back at you on the podcast. We are having a blast. We are down here in downtown Colorado Springs at 719 Lending Studio. Shout out to them. If you need any kind of lending um, services and, and you're in Colorado Springs, make sure you hit these guys up. 719 Lending. Hey, babe, I'm excited about today. Um, you can watch this on video. Uh, you're going to be listening to this. Um, we we just shared on a, a last podcast about our time in Mexico mm-hmm. and what God's doing with us. And um, we want to talk about pleasure. I do want to talk about that. Today. I do. And so. It's really bothering me. It is kind of bothering you. I it like is it. kind of bothering me a lot because I try not to spend too much time on social media because it makes me angry. Yeah. And I've lost respect for a lot of people that I thought were like. I didn't know they were insane. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm like, God, I hope I don't run into them at Target. <laughs> wow. <Yeah. laughs> and it's just this spirit of religion yes. that I think we're seeing um, more blatantly right now because there's such a division. You know, like I would say that my my conservative friends think I'm liberal and my liberal friends think I'm conservative. And right. I'm going to keep them guessing till the very end <laughs> because I think extremes are um, very damaging. And yes. I think the extreme left and the extreme right, they're all crazy. They yes. all need to get together, go out on an island, and beat each other up because nobody wants to hear what they have to say. Right. Well, they not, don't have anything to say. They, no. They're not impacting culture in a healthy way. Right. They're bringing more confusion and more um, de- decisiveness and more just anger. And one of the things I see coming up a lot is this religious spirit that God is this ogre who hates us who, um, which is bizarre to me because as a mother, there's nothing more precious to me than my six children and their children and their children. And I'm just thinking that we have this God that didn't have to deal with humans, but he wanted a family. And so he created a garden, which Eden is not a place. It is, it's a spirit. Right. And it is a spirit of lush, beautiful, teeming fruit, vegetables, animals, vegetation, and the presence of God is what Eden is. And people have taken this extreme of we have to remove all pleasure. And we know people in our family and our life that have removed all pleasure from their life. Right. And nobody wants to be around them. What you mean by all pleasure is they they don't watch anything but Christian television. They won't drink anything, not a glass of wine, nothing. They don't go to movies. They don't go experience. They won't watch football. They won't buy themselves an outfit. They won't get their hair. Like, it is this, like, I have to suffer because that is the only way that God is going to love me is if I suffer. Old covenant. Old covenantal thinking. And it has come up more and more, I think, since I released my book because I do – um, reference having a shout glass out of to wine. all the sacred things by the way best book of all time come on such a great book still getting like four or five messages a day from people yes. it's just like this book changed my life I'm like yes Jesus come on yeah it's a great book but I do reference in there because I whatever problem you have with me I'm real and I'm honest and I'm not gonna f- fake it I'll be quiet you know, if you just want to fight, I'll just be quiet because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna engage in in the silliness that's happening in the world. Like, people are freaking out over the Barbie movie, and people are. 
<laughs> marked safe from seeing the Barbie movie. I'm like, yes, I want to do that if post. If Barbie hurts you, <laughs> you have bigger problems. <laughs> That's true. And, you know, I, I do understand, like, Ben Shapiro's t- and some other guys take on. It's very woke. It's very what's well, happening okay, in society. But the truth is, and I haven't seen it yet. This no. is the other thing. It's like. Yeah, um, we speak to things. Yeah, <laughs> like see it before you right. go on social like media. Like we were watching say, Super Soul Sunday. Like, have an opinion. The other morning and uh, the guy that wrote The Shack, Paul. Yes, uh, Paul Young. Paul Young. And he's way out there. He's amazing. But he said, you know, he was going to do this conference in Orlando and I'd heard this before. But all these picketers were out front picketing the shack because, you know, God can't be a Can't, a can't black be a black woman. woman. And um, so he went and got them all waters and brought them water and, and started giving out waters to all these picketers. And talking to them. And they're like, who are you? And he's like, I'm the guy you're picketing. And, and none like, of what? them had read the book. Not one of them had read Not the book. Not one of them had read that's the book. That's right. That's the stuff that's kind of like, I don't understand that. Like you... You haven't educated yourself on any level. You don't actually read scripture. You don't actually rehearse or look at the history or the culture of the day. And why they say certain things in the way that they say it doesn't make sense to us in, you know, the year 2023 in America. Right. So we have to look at the culture. We have to look at the history. And when we we read scripture, we think God's Jesus is talking to us in the future somehow Yeah. in Matthew and in Revelation. And and actually, guys, a big, quick, incredible shout out to Ted Hansen. Um, I just put up his training course and it's extensive and you can get accreditation for it if you want to go that far. But Wait, on our real ju- accreditation our, or yeah, fake accreditation? No, this one's real. <laughs> we got a lot of fake accreditations around us. Yeah, uh, this is a real one. But um, it's it's called the 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 end of the old covenant. Yeah, and he teaches that actually Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels, are still in old covenant when those are being written, and the new covenant was Acts two when we actually experienced becoming Jesus. Jesus was skin on, Holy Spirit came, and we experienced God in a radical way. Yeah. And he he wrote a book. Uh, Something by Grace, uh, You've Been Left Behind, and it's kind of a play on the Left Behind series, which is complete trash, right? Um, <laughs> so anyway, I want if, you, if you're really interested in di- diving really deep into how the church is still t- stuck in Old Covenant thinking and how we think we've got to earn our way, uh, we don't understand grace, we don't understand how the, the New Testament's written and why and who Jesus was talking to and culture and context. Yeah. And so we're stuck— trying to perform, trying to buy our way, buy into, our way heaven into heaven yeah. instead of becoming heaven. Yes. Instead of becoming the garden. Exactly. Right? And we've not learned how to do that. I know. And so we cancel all pleasure in our life. And I want to start with the scripture, Matthew eleven nineteen, it says, the son of man came eating and drinking and they say, here is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, but wisdom is proved right by her deeds. Mm. And I love that because, you know, this argument like of alcohol, like you can't have alcohol. You you have to be as free to say no to alcohol as you have to be as free as you are to say yes to it. Yeah. Right. And so we, we've got all these things, the Alcoholics Anonymous, which we love, right? But you're admitting, you're saying every time. You have to I'm say an every time I'm an alcoholic right? and I always will be. And so you're not getting delivered. Yeah. And, and you've got to break that agreement with alcohol where it doesn't control you. You control it. Yes. So Holy Spirit says, that's enough. You've had two or two glasses. That's good. So you stop. Right. Right. And you, you, but you get the pleasure of a really nice glass of red wine with a kick-ass steak. Yeah. Right. Speak, talking about Jesus and what he's doing on the planet. Right. We've lost that 
in a big majority of the church. Well, you're the one that taught me this because, and people, there are still people that think that you brought me down uh, well, and they're waiting I, for me to escape your clutches. Uh-huh. I'm like, don't worry about me. I'm having a really good time. But I was all work. I mean, I was all work and all ministry and I never looked up. I didn't, and I did not realize how much pleasure I was lacking until I started experiencing it. And I was, I married into my first marriage. I married into a church where the women would not drink wine, but they were all about 150 pounds overweight and they gossiped constantly. And it was the grossest atmosphere I've ever been in. And they were very focused on picking out what was wrong with everybody else and glorifying themselves. And I'm looking at them thinking, you're a glutton. And that's what that scripture is talking about. Exactly. Is gluttony. Right. Gluttony of anything. uh, Right. You're way overdoing it. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, Jordan Peterson does a great teaching on this. Like, we we know what men's problems are. They get violent and they can hurt people. Yeah. Women gossip. They, and they hurt people. Right. They, it's the same thing. The same thing. It's just, it's same spirit. Could be worse because I feel like if someone punched me in the face, eventually my bruise would go away and things would, you know, I told you that's what I love about men is they'll just, you know, they'll slug it out and they move on. Like we were watching, um, oh, we were watching that great series on Netflix, uh, Quarterback. Oh yeah. Got to watch it guys. So Goodness. good. Mahomes. But, and- but it's just like they're out, there's warriors on the field and they're running into each other and hitting each other as hard as they can. And they are... They are in a real, actual battle. And then they'll, when the game's over, whoever won or lose, they shake each other's hands. They, hey, how's your, I heard your wife, I heard you're expecting a baby, and heard your, what's going on, baby? Keep going. Oh. Whoops. And um, <clears throat> I was just thinking, like, that's the beautiful thing about men, is, I, and I said to you, I said, women would never do that. If we're out there battling on a field, we're going to take that off the field. We don't know how to compartmentalize. Men can compartmentalize and say, we're fighting this battle, but you're still a man. You're still a father. You're still a husband. We're all in this together. Hey, good job. You did a great game. Best of luck to you, whatever. And I think that is a really good thing for women to look at is compartmentalizing can be good. Yes. Like we, maybe we're competing against each other at the office, but when we leave and walk to our cars, we can still be humans to each other. Yeah. We don't have to take that. And I think that is part of the female brain where everything's connected. And to me, what I've seen in it hasn't been good. Yeah. It, there's not been well, a lot stay, of... Stay in middle school. It, it's not a lot of women that I want to be like when yeah. I grow up. And I, I think that we do need, as women especially, to stand in that gap now more than ever and show younger women and older women, how to be graceful and kind and open-minded and take people as they are. And if there's something in their life that needs to come to the surface and be healed, God's going to reveal that to them. And maybe he will use that you in that, that there, there is excess somewhere. You know, we have a lot of excess with people spending time on their phones or spending time on devices. Like it, it bothers me when we go out to a restaurant and the entire family is on the device and no one's talking to each other. Yes. The husband and wife aren't talking to each other. The kids aren't talking so to each other. So that's taking pleasure too far. It's taking it into hedonism, okay. which is a philosophy that says the self-indulgence is my life goal. And it's all about me. It's very self-centered. It's very narcissistic. And it's very much about using things and people to bring yourself pleasure mm. instead of relationship which God is a God of, he's a relational God right. and he created us to be a relational God. But, and I'll say this to that. So you're, you're no non-pleasure people. You're very religious, stuck yeah. old covenant people. 
uh, are all transactional. It's yes. all black and white. It's all right and wrong, right? Your covenantal, new covenantal, now covenant people, right, that understand that Jesus is about freedom, that he's about life, that it, that of John 10.10, 10, he came that we'd have life abundantly, abundantly. right? Yeah. Ephesians, pressed down, shaken together, running over, right? We're supposed to have this incredible, abundant life. We're supposed to be the biggest tippers on the planet. We're supposed to be the most generous Absolutely. people on the planet. That is pleasure. His now, pleasure. when you're stuck on your phones looking at porn all day, or you're you're feeding your pleasures by masturbating or having sex with everybody, or that is that is the opposite of pleasure. That actually brings destruction. Yeah, it destroys you. That's where all this that's where all this anxiety and, and depression is coming from. Is we were not created to live for ourselves. Yeah, we were created to have relationships with people. We were created for intimacy. God is a God of intimacy. Yeah, and I heard a young woman was saying to me the other day when I was coaching her. She said, "I'm, I'm, I'm so afraid of having more pain in my life that I'm not going to date. I don't want to get married, and I don't want to have children." And I said, "I'm so sorry. You're missing out on the most amazing experiences women can have." First of all, childbirth is the most euphoric thing you've ever experienced. Breastfeeding is incredibly painful, but it's also euphoric. And having an intimate relationship with a man is literally the best part of being female. Amen. Chaco. It's incredible. Our sex life is amazing. I know everybody. Right? That, yeah. It's true. It's amazing. It gets better and better and better. We don't even we can't even figure out how it just <laughs> keeps getting better and better. I think because we um I think we're honest with each other, but I think we also respect each other. And I think that the fact that neither one of us is seeking out pleasure from other places, we seek pleasure from each other. And we see that we we look forward to our time together because we work really hard and right. we give a lot of our lives away and we have a lot of really hard conversations. And, you know, we've got people that are suicidal and people that are on the edge and marriages that are falling apart. And we give that everything that we have. But then... Sundays we usually turn off our phones and we usually there's usually sun or a motorcycle or something involved and probably a good meal and we enjoy each other right. and that that really fills us up to get through the next 6 days of whatever we have to face yep. and we've learned to just come back together in that but I think that if you were in a separate room in our home and you were um, being hedonistic or I was being hedonistic I think that respect and that intimacy would fall away Absolutely. And I think that's what we have to look at is people want a certain payout in their relationships, but they're not necessarily willing to really look at, am I serving another person or am I just serving myself? Hmm. Which is what makes a good lover. Well, and so let's speak to that in the church. And the reason why we're like that is that we've made salvation individualism about an individual yes. instead of about a corporate. Yes. Right. When 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 Jesus is talking in Matthew 22, 23, 24, he's talking to the Pharisees and he's saying, look, you're just not becoming new covenant. You're not becoming mm. life. You're vipers. You're still speaking death. You're still bringing death by your religious, by your religion, which is what Jesus talked about the most. Like that's what he was. He was frustrated with the religious spirit. Right. That's the whole point. But, but I don't understand how you can read the New Testament. <laughs> And not see that. Well, people don't read it. They, they're they told from ignorant, <sighs> immature men in pulpits. Time to grow up, people. It is. And and to, to really dive in and dig in to to what Jesus was doing, right? It's so important. But, okay, let's get back. So pleasure, hedonism, 
hedonistic, right? Hedonistic. Walk us through that real quick. Can you do you have the definition of hedonistic? Like, because I heard you reading it to me the other day, and I thought this is so powerful and it needs to be read. Uh, hedonism is a philosophy of life that supports pursuing all kinds of pleasure. Hedonists pursue a lifestyle of self-indulgence. It comes from the Greek Greek word pleasure. So here we have a a concept that was given to us by God that has been distorted. Like everything. Like everything. Like music, like sex, like everything, food, everything has. And so what God is asking us to do in a simple terms is be good stewards of what he's given us. Yes. So if you are, this is what, <clears throat> another thing, <laughs> while people are freaking out about end times and they want to get out of here is um, I'll never forget Y2K because I was a single mom and I was working at a nonprofit I was cleaning houses on my uh, two days off. I just worked all the time, and I was raising my girls alone. And I had these very wealthy Christians at the big mega church that were buying property and building concrete shelters and storing up food and guns. Yeah, so for you young people, Y2K was in 1999 when we were going to shift into 2000. Prince prophesied it. Yeah, Prince had prophesied <laughs> it years before. Uh, we were going to party like it's 1999. Yeah. And uh, and everybody thought the world was going to end because the computers couldn't switch over to 2000. And so the uh, America, especially the church, lost their freaking mind. It was... Embarrassing. It was embarrassing, but it was a warm-up to COVID. But but I was being told (laughs) from these elders that I was irresponsible because I maybe had four bottles of water in my garage. And and, one six-pack of light beer. And one (laughs) six-pack of light beer at room temperature because I never remember to put it in the refrigerator. But also, I wasn't really sure where the flashlight was, and people were telling me, well, you got to head for the hills. And I started thinking, okay, so you wealthy people that can do this. Because you have to have some wealth yes. to be able to do that. And there's nothing wrong with wealth. That's another thing is people Beautiful. misquote all the time yes. is money is the root of all evil. No, the love of money is the root of all evil because greed is in everything. Right. And we get greedy over things. It's the love of money. It's worshiping it. It's making it a false god. That's what he was talking about. He's not Money is not bad. You have to have money to live. And there is a huge section of the church that thinks you have to be impoverished in order to be holy. All poverty does is destroy families and children and health and spirits. That's all it does. There's nothing good that comes out of poverty. It's a curse. It's not a blessing. But these people were telling me I needed to, you know, store up and do these things. And I thought, okay, so let's say this thing happens. Because New Year's Eve, I had a party, of course. I had all my friends over. All my single single mom friends. And they came over and our kids stayed up late. And we're waiting for the countdown. Nobody thought of, like, time zones. <laughs> right. Nobody thought about Australia's like, already experienced Australia this. Australia's already supposed to be dead, ago. and they're yeah. just still partying. But you know, nothing happened. Right. Nothing happened, and people were waiting and watching the clock in there. And I thought, what are you going to do, little Christian people, in your in your um, concrete? Are you going? Are you going to use those guns to shoot the widows and the orphans if they come on your property? Right. Are you storing up that food so you and your wife can be just fat and happy and? Your kids can eat and your grandkids can eat, but nobody else can. Because that's what Jesus would do. Right. He would store up. He would shoot widows and orphans. And he would, of course, just be a glutton for himself and not take care of anyone else. And and we're we're watching that happen now again. Yeah. Right. So Y2K that happened and mostly from the church. And and I remember watching the ball drop. With Dick, uh, what was his name? Dick Clark was still Dick alive. Dick Clark. And, oh, man. And, uh, and I, you know, I was like, wow, what's that thing going to blow up? Like, what's going to happen, right? And, of course, nothing happened. And and it was so ridiculous. And now 
People are doing it again. Yeah, everybody's doing it again. I mean, we've got friends. We have have a friend that's like telling us how to build a panic room. And he goes, but be very careful with the outside walls. Yeah. Because if the outside walls fall, you'll be stuck in there. And I was like, you have to dig out. Why would you want to go in a panic room? Like, I like my spouse. Right. But I don't want to be in a closet with concrete exactly. closet with you. I mean like guns And what are you staying alive to do? Or stored and what are you staying bullets, alive which to I love. Do? Like keep it and then yeah, what are you staying alive for? Do you know? That's what one? I want to know. But it's so selfish. And these are Christian people because we've made Christianity about me, yeah. individualist, instead such of a good point. my salvation is about everyone. I am a Joseph. I th- I really believe that God's raising up Joseph's right now. Billionaire kingdom people, not billionaire Christians. Big difference. Billionaire Christians hoard. They build their own mm-hmm. silos Empire. for themselves, right? Billionaire kingdom billionaires actually are building storehouses for the body, for the people. The widows and orphans and aliens. The tax collectors. The mumsers, very right? Simple. All the people on the edge, we're, we're, that's who we're supposed to serve. We're, we're, we're building bigger tables and, and things for people. Yeah. As, as we are kingdom people. And so that to me is the difference between pleasure and then religion and not having mm-hmm. any pleasure. That's pleasurable. Yeah. That's not hedonistic. Hedonistic is me, 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 me. I'm going to feed me and maybe my children and no one else can touch this, right? Uh, and again, we have a lot of people doing this around us right now. And in fact, we were in uh, Guadalajara in the VIP room because our son gave us a card to get in there. <laughs> and we're talking to this huge concrete it's guy. what you'll do for a free sandwich. Of, yeah. Crappy free sandwich. <laughs> this huge concrete guy out of Chicago. And he said to, uh, to us, he told us, he said, oh, me and all, all the executives at our company are buying property in Texas because we, wanna be we want to our own water. We want our own water, our own food. We got our, our guns. Yeah, we got our guns. Go. And so that's the plan of all these people. We're going to shoot the Guys, orphans. that's not how kingdom works. <laughs> and that's not what's happening on the planet. We are bringing heaven to earth. And we're bringing the Garden of Eden. It is an experience. It's a revelation. Mm-hmm. The new covenant isn't a time. It's a revelation. Yeah. Right? The, the second coming, is Jesus coming back? Absolutely. But we experience the second coming every morning. Every day that we bring kingdom Absolutely. to earth, it's a revelation, a, a revelatory, constant relationship of Jesus showing up through us on the planet right now. Yeah. Not escaping and getting out of here. And who cares if who else dies? But man, I made it into heaven. Because I know the truth. And right. they wouldn't watch my reels. I kept telling them. <laughs> the lady with the pink hair in Texas that's prophesying mm. the end the end of all things. Yeah, it's scary. All right, so what else on pleasure? I, you had a bunch of scriptures. Do you think you need to read those? Because God was a God of pleasure. God was a God of pleasure. And I think all we have to do is go back to the garden. And, you know, really what this, all the sacred things is, the book that I that I wrote in my memoir is starting in the garden, which as small children, it's very natural to us to understand God. Because we under, like we're trying to understand the world around us. And a lot of that starts with, with the feeling and, and nature and the sun on our skin. And those are experiences that everybody has. And that's where I found God because nobody had told me about God when I was four. But I would go out into the little field behind our house and I knew God was there with me. And I knew that it wasn't a mistake that these little ants knew what to do. It wasn't like someone was orchestrating this and someone had created this. And I still now in my 50s always find God in nature. Hmm. And I'm not a universalist, so save your emails. (laughs) But 
he is the God of the universe and he is in all of it and he is in people Absolutely. and people that are living for themselves and living in, in spirit of fear are missing out on relationships. They're missing out on how amazing and pleasurable it is to give away. Yes. And if you have an abundance of something, you should be giving. What are you? It's amazing to me that you'll have, you know, especially where we live, you've got you know, five, 6,000 square feet houses with four or five bedrooms and there's three people living in it and then they have a four-car garage and a storage unit. Like, what do you need all that stuff for? Right. I, I love that we've moved internationally so much. We don't have stuff. We have nothing. We have nothing and it's <laughs> awesome because I don't have to spend my time taking care of things. Right. I can spend my time taking care of people. Yeah, we just did a move from our little apartment. We were thought we were going to be moving downtown. That all fell through while we were in Mexico. Um, so we just had a call and scramble and get another little apartment in the same complex that we're in. Yeah. And nobody showed up to help. So Lisa and I literally moved our apartment, which, again, is simple. It was hard. It was three levels and There's it was a, a hard and move we and we're old. getting old. Yeah. But it, it, we, we could do it because it's that simple. Casey and Levi did show up. Though. Casey and Levi did yeah. show up at the, Let's at the couch. Yeah. But, yeah, it's awesome. So all, all that God is asking us to do is steward what we have. Yeah. And I think that no matter what you have, if you have very, very little things, like I do take really care, good care of our things. We take good care. I take good care of my truck. I take good care of my man. I take care you of my do. body. I take care of my children. But if I didn't have that, I, you know, during COVID, I think we all realized isolation is a killer. Solitude is a beautiful thing. When you can be alone with your own thoughts and be alone with your creator and be at peace without having to have a device or entertainment or music or, or any of those things, anything can become a false god to you. I was a thousand percent addicted to music. I grew up with music. I'm a very soulish person. I know that about myself. And music to me, because I'm a writer, is writing to a melody. And I'm always looking for a line that just really catches me and I'll uh, you know, I'll come out of our room where I'm like, listen to this line. And sometimes that's in worship music and sometimes it's in secular music for lack of better terms. But Classic rock. Classic rock. That's in our house a lot. But <laughs> I had I realized that I'd made it a God, that I was I had to have it. After my husband died, I couldn't stand quiet. I didn't. It felt like the walls were coming in. I could. The grief was so intense and the war I was in was so intense. And so I always had music on. I realized that my daughters were shouting at me over the music. And so I put music away and I had. Listen, babe, I had a CD player because this is the 90s that held 60 CDs. Mm. And it was not out of control for me to have 300 CDs going at a time and switching them in and out. I loved that <laughs> changer. It just automatically would go. And so I gave it up. I gave it up completely for a few years, and I quit listening to music because I knew that it was it was actually keeping me from true pleasure, Yeah, which is my children and the presence of God because I was just— Being I had aware. To, yeah, being aware. Yeah, and, I, and I, I do want to make sure we emphasize that. Look, if God asks you to go into a season of fasting, yeah. you do that. Yeah. It's obedience. If God yeah. asks you to give—I had to give up the Broncos because I was too— Crazy about it. So for two and a half years, I didn't watch. And now you're just a normal fan. Now, <laughs> I still get pretty intense, but not near what I used to. No, right? you don't throw children across the room anymore. 
<laughs> well, there's no children <laughs> to throw unless the grandbabies are over. Um, but when God asks me to, to give something up or ask us, we you, absolutely, yeah. because it's becoming an idol. Yeah. It's like just put your phone away for 48 hours and see what. And you'll find out if you're addicted or right, not. Right. You'll yeah. know if you're addicted. You start shaking and throthing at the mouth. You We're probably all have a, Yeah, we all are. We all are. And so, uh, yeah, so that's not, yes, to obedience. Yes, if God says don't have that drink, don't have that drink. The gluttony. Right. It but goes back to the gluttony of it. To love and yeah. embrace. It's it's that roar statement and the, the last thing in his book uh, in um, Adam's return on the lover. You know, the 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 lover is the man who can sit at a five-star restaurant with his beautiful gorgeous wife making love to a prime rib, mm. drinking the best glass of wine that he can find small back or something? speaking uh, yes speaking about the injustices of the world to his children that's every sunday night at our house that is every sunday <laughs> night at our house that's the pleasure we're talking about that's exactly. the lover we're talking about that's the life that you get to live yeah. abundantly because of jesus yes and when jesus says to you hey go to mexico and give your life away you say yes it's a pleasure yeah it's not a sacrifice right when he says hey go give your life to this we instantly say yes because our lives don't matter yeah right it's it's it was incredible i love that jordan peterson podcast with tim ballard and jim the actor and and uh, jordan was getting revelation he literally said Oh, Jim, you don't care about your own life. No, he doesn't care about it. You'll give up your life for these babies that are being abused so desperately and so bad. And Jim's like, yeah, that's the point of the cross. That's the point of Jesus. Exactly. We get to go give our lives away as we're enjoying life. Which is a pleasure. (laughs) It's a pleasure. It is a pleasure. Not a sacrifice. But you did. I mean, you taught me that. You taught me that... You know, like, just come sit with me. Like, I would be, you know, the one at one point we had this huge house, which was just a nightmare for me. Everyone has fond memories of this house. I have no fond memories (laughs) because I am a perfectionist. Well, there was eight of us. There was eight of us. It was white Berber carpet. It was 7,000 square feet. And the house was enormous, and I never could get it clean. I couldn't keep it clean. I couldn't reach the windows. I mean, it was just, it was too much for one person. So I never put clothes on. I just was. Well, you weren't naked, but you were just in your PJs. The story will tell. <laughs> but um, you would be sitting on the deck, the 800 square, square foot, foot deck, deck yeah. and you would say, Lisa, come see this. And I'm like, I can't, I can't. I got to finish cooking. I got to do the floor. I got to. You're like, no, come sit next to me, which how nice that you got to sit because you weren't worried about any of that stuff. <laughs> and I always think, yeah, everyone says you're doing too much, but someone does have to do it. And you would say, come look at the sunset. Like, this is why we picked this property, because it has a view of Pike's Peak, and the sun is setting behind the mountain right now. And it's purple, and it's pink, and it's and you would make me sit. And then you would go get me a glass of wine, and you say, okay, now I want you to drink and you this. Can, but and it's Tuesday. Sit. But it's Tuesday. You can't have a glass of wine on Tuesday. I'm Baptist. Like, you can't have it. Like, you can kind of have it during communion, but don't enjoy it too much. But it, it, that was the thing that you taught me was, like, we work hard and we play hard, but we are aware that gluttony or false gods could come into that at any Absolutely. point if we're not stewarding it yeah. well. And we, we talk to each other about it, like, hey, we just got this big check. Who are we supposed to give it to? Right. Or we have an extra car right now. Are we supposed to give that to a single mom? Absolutely. Or, you know, like, there's, yeah. there's conversations you and I have, and we're on the same page. And I have to say, I'm just going to put this in here because, you know, I love the male-female thing. There's nothing sexier than a generous man. And I love watching you leave big tips. I love watching you slip a $100 bill. We all we both try to keep cash in our wallets at all time. If there's a person on the corner, 
that's asking for food or money or whatever, we always ask the Lord, like, how much am I supposed to give this person? And, you know, just the fact that you and I will just pull a, you know, a server aside and say, I know you're going to school full time. I know you're exhausted. I know this because our daughters did it. Right. And they were bartenders and they were exhausted. Here's a hundred dollar bill. It's been in my purse for two weeks and I've just been asking them like who is who am I supposed to give this to? Yeah. The generosity of not living for yourself. It changes everything. It changes everything. It does. And and we could give you a hundred scriptures around this. Um and but it's our life, right? We're we're supposed to we're supposed to be the scripture to the people who don't know the scripture. Yeah. We're supposed to live out this abundant life, this beautiful life that is in order. Yeah. That knows when to say enough, right? That knows and then also knows how to enjoy pleasure. Yeah. And 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 and, and have a party it. a bit and yeah. manage it well. And and sometimes not. Sometimes that's okay too. Right? <laughs> it's like we get to have fun. Yeah. Like we get on the bike on a Sunday, man, we're gonna go have fun. We're gonna have right? fun. Right? We do have fun. And that's life. Yeah. And so I love that. I love the way you brought the hedonistic and in, in, in the pleasure in and God being a God of pleasure. And what the garden is, right? The garden is is this existence of pleasure. It's walking in the cool of the day with the Father as a lifestyle. And, and, and that's the beauty of living a pleasurable kingdom life. And the, I mean, the scripture I always go back to is I, when it says Adam and Eve, the story of Adam and Eve were naked and unashamed. There's so much to that scripture, like you yeah. can break that down in a million ways and get a million different lessons out of it. But I always think like they had a great sex life. Yeah, They enjoyed the pleasure of each other's body is what that meant to me. Because if you're ashamed, you are not going to enjoy your sex life with your spouse. Mm. And I am a very sexual person. Everyone knows that about me. I love sex. Chaco. I love men. Amen. I love Come all on. these things. But I, when I'm not in a marriage relationship, I don't, I don't go down that road. I literally can shut that off. And the way I had to shut that off was I couldn't even watch like romantic movies when I was a single mom because I, it would give me a longing for something I couldn't have. And so I just, I put, and I don't know if I did it right or whatever, but what I did when I was a young woman is I looked at what was going to be the payoff. And I saw people around me just going with whatever their feeling was for the moment and immaturity or, and what it brought into their life was not life. It was death. Yeah. And I just looked at, I thought, I don't want to bring more death. I've got death around me all the time now. I don't want to bring more. And so we, I just look at everything I do that way. Yeah. Being led by your emotions, being led by your flesh is not pleasure. Right. That's hedonism. I want this, 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 and I this. Want it now. I want, I want, I want, I, I want. I'm feeling this way, so I'm going to go do this. But then it's empty. That's not what we're talking about. We're but talking about being empty. led by the Holy Spirit of God, your the human yeah. spirit, and making the decisions you're doing around that, and knowing when Holy Spirit says that's enough, or hey, have some more, have yeah. some fun, right? That's what we're talking about. That's what kingdom people do. That's the point of what you were trying to bring today. And the emptiness of hedonism is not. I oh. mean, it's just. You have to get more, more, more all the time. That's what's happening right now in our society is the pornography and the it's and we have so much that's available to us right now. Like we can, you can go on your phone and in fifteen minutes a steak will be at your door, completely cooked, and it's crazy. You know the groceries will just show up and you can do anything. You can go on Amazon and buy something and in in a heartbeat it'll be there the next day. And now we're not waiting. We don't know how to wait. true fulfilling pleasure. Yes. Lifelong fulfilling pleasure instead of momentary lust or momentary gluttony, which brings more death than life. Yeah, it's it's fun. We're working on a lot of projects right now, guys, both in business uh, and in ministry. 
Um, if you haven't listened to our Mexico podcast together, make sure you go listen to that um, and what we want to do down there. But um, my, my buddy said to me the other day, he's like, Gary, what you've taught me is that it's in the waiting that brings the pleasure. Yeah. Like you've learned how to wait on God and not get ahead of him. You've learned how to trust the story and, and wait for the father to move. And that's very difficult. Like right now, we're, you know, running out of some you're, finance. You're, you're, you're a go-getter yeah. and you like, you can make things happen and you've decided. Yeah. And I don't get to make them happen. That you're not going to no, do that. I just yeah. don't get to do that anymore. And so, but you know, it took me 57 years to figure out, yay me. Um, so yeah, good guys. Look, we are raising money. We're trying to raise a hundred K this year. Uh, we've lost a couple of very big supporters that um, are in fear of what's happening with stock market and all the things going on and some money that was promised isn't coming. And so I'm back at that doing some fundraising. Go to GaryandLisaBlack.com uh, slash gift or just go to the to GaryandLisaBlack.com and go check out our coaching, um, some of our partners and what we're doing. Lisa's book's on there. You can buy her book directly from our website. Um, on Amazon, and you need to leave a really good review once you read it because it is a kick-ass book, baby. So good. So good. Uh, and then if you want to watch these videos, patreon.com slash Gary and Lisa Black. Thanks, baby. This was pleasurable. <laughs> 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 a pleasurable podcast. Love you guys. We'll talk soon. <laughs>